Hey, this morning I have some things to share with you that I think are the reasons why you're here this morning. Because I think the things that God laid on my heart this morning are for you. I don't know which of you, but I just know that someplace in the deep recesses of your heart and your circumstance and your mind, you need today's message. And so I'm praying that I get out of the way and that I don't interfere with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So I'm going to ask you this morning, would you begin this, this uh, sermon with me by praying and asking the Lord to open up your ears, open up your heart, and prepare you to receive what he has brought forth on the table this morning. Let's pray. So Father, this morning I pray that you would speak to your word, that there will be no obstacles in the way, that our, our mind might be not drifting in other areas or thinking about other things or dwelling on our problems or what happened before we got here. No, help us to focus on you, Lord, this morning and see what your Holy Spirit and what your word have to say to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. As I pointed out in my prayer, there is what appears to be a growing revival, grassroots revival, started with a college in Kentucky. Kids, as you can see on the board up there on, on your screen, praising the Lord, they're, they're praying, they're singing praises. Of all the things that are going on in college campuses today, I think you will agree with me, this is a good one. And wouldn't it be wonderful if every college campus in America were doing what you're seeing up on the screen? We're lifting up Jesus and giving him praises. I think our country would be in a little bit better shape. Parents don't know what happens when they send their kids to school. Well, if this is what's happening in the school you sent your kids to, thank God. The groups that you see up there are a group called Generation Z. I have no idea why they decided to label kids uh, Generation A, B, C. What are they, what are they, what's that supposed to mean? Generation Z. Zorro? I mean, out of the night when the still moon is bright comes a horseman known as Zorro. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but it ain't him, I can assure you of that. Well, this is not new. This idea of revivals has happened before. In fact, it's reminiscent of the Great Awakening which began in New, New England in the, 19, in the 1700s. At the center were the fire and brimstone sermons delivered by pastors such as Congregational Minister Jonathan Edwards and, and, and Anglican missionary George Whitfield. Now these were real amazing meetings where they would go into a, into a village, they'd go into a town, and people would go in to listen to the sermons that were being preached, and whole villages were changed. They closed up the bars and the taverns, and everybody was happy they did. There was no prohibition. It was just a changed heart, and that was an amazing thing. Revivals were a cornerstone of that movement. These were evangelistic meetings that moved around the country where thousands of people came to know Jesus Christ as a Savior, and this morning takes us back about 2,800 years in history where a special revival gave a nation the courage and strength to face a, a powerful enemy because they knew that if God be for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that? If every situation in your life has come against you, if everybody has turned against you, if everything just seems so dark and frightening, you feel lonesome, you feel afraid, you feel all alone, 
This is for you this morning. If you're, if you're facing what seems to be insurmountable issues in your life, whether they be health or finances or employment or whatever, featured in this morning's account, now there's about four ways to say this guy's name. And I'm going to try to keep it to Sennacherib. Now, there's another way to say it. There's about two other ways to say it. But I'm going to keep it to Sennacherib because it looks pretty clear. Um, he's the evil king in Assyria. He's one of our characters this morning. And then there's the good king, Hezekiah. Easy to say, right? Hezekiah. And the account is, for, is found in Second Chronicles, which is way back in the Old Testament. And it informs us that over time, Judah, the nation of Judah, had grown apathetic about their faith in Jehovah God. Sort of like us. Gotten to the place where it don't stir us anymore. It's gotten to the place where you can talk to certain people in your family, and it's just like they put their fingers in their ear and they just don't want to hear it. It seems like the nation just doesn't want to hear it. There are many voices out there, and the reality is that there's a growing number of people who have just decided to disassociate themselves from anything called Christianity. Well, I don't promote Christianity. I promote Jesus Christ. And there is a difference, amen? I'm bringing you and I'm pointing you to a person who has never done anything wrong, who has never failed to keep his word, who has always been straightforward and honest and never did a, a, a bad deed or, a, or a, a cruel deed to anybody. King Hezekiah saw that there was a disease of spiritual apathy, and he knew that it was a deadly curse on the nation. So he's determined that the only way to turn this apathy around was to hold revival meetings. He wanted to find some way of getting people back together and getting people focused on God and then getting them back to God. So he went big. He prayerfully determined to restore and repair the temple at Jerusalem, which was in those days the symbol of worship and, and, and uh, sacrifice. He had the temple doors repaired. They were in disarray. They removed pagan items and replaced them with items of true worship that were previously discarded. King Hezekiah had a father who was the king that preceded him. He was an awful king. He did everything he could to turn the nation away from God. He corrupted the priests. He cor not that they needed a lot of help. He corrupted the priests. He corrupted the temple. He did everything he could to introduce pagan gods. And it was a happy time when that father passed away. And Hezekiah now had the, the, the light of God glowing in his mind and in his eyes. He wanted to change the scenario. He wanted to bring these people back to God. And he knew that as the king, people were watching what he did. In this particular time of, of history, it was top-down power. came from the king. Whatever the king said was law. Whatever the king said had to happen. And so he decided that if he committed his heart to, to following and loving Jehovah and doing things that would bring people back to God, they would come. So we pick up the account in our text this morning, which is 2 Chronicles 32, verses 1 to 8. 2 Chronicles 32, verses 1 to 8. Let's stand together as I read 2 Chronicles 32, 1 to 8, which is our text of the morning. <clears throat> After these things, 
and the establishment thereof, these things being the rebuilding and the reworking of the temple and trying to bring back that kind of worship. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel, he, Hezekiah, took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were outside the city, that they did help him. So there were gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains of the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, why should the kings of Assyria come and find water? Also he strengthened himself and built up the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers. And another wall without and repaired Milo in the city of David and made darts or, or swords and arrows and shields in abundance. And he sent captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake com comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for the multitude that is with him, for there is more with us than with him. With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They got it. You may be seated. Hezekiah was a good king. He cared about his people. And he wanted to do the best possible job because he knew in advance. He had spies. He knew that Sarachana was going to attack the city. He wanted the people prepared. He took a lot of steps to make that happen. Even though the enemy was at the gate, the king has enough time to come up with a well-thought-out plan. Here's what he decided to do. He had to organize an army. He's starting from scratch. He needed an army. So he started working on that. He manufactured weapons. They needed them. If they were going to build an army, they needed weaponry. He stopped the flow of waters outside the walls of the city so that the enemy soldiers would have nothing to drink. I mean, they may have brought a canteen with them, but it ain't going to work. And there was no place for them to get water because this was free-flowing water, but they stopped it. He rebuilt broken walls of the city and all the towers of the walls. So now they were in that place where if you had a walled-in city, you were in a great place strategically. If you had a walled-in city and you were being attacked from up, the chances are that the attackers weren't going to be able to break into the city. Well, the king wanted to be assured of that, and so he made sure that he rebuilt the walls and the towers so that the city would be secured. And then he reorganized the city and state leaders into wartime leaders. Not such an easy job. They had been laying back. They had been comfortable, and now they had to go from comfort to discomfort. They had to go from comfort to a place of readiness. Verses 6 to er, er, six to 8. Here comes my Brooklyn again. 6 to earth. He gave a sermon calling upon the Lord to encourage and remind the people that if God is for us, who can be against us? On January 25, 1984, President Reagan, in his second inaugural address, he explained, quote, America was founded by people who believed that God was their rock of safety. I recognize we must be cautious in claiming that God is on our side, but I think it's all right to keep asking if we are on God's side. Are you on God's side? Are you part of his army 
spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to the people in your community, the people you live with, the people you associate with, the people who come to you for advice. Are you sharing Jesus? Are we on God's side? Despite all the good planning, Hezekiah knew that it would take more than all they had done to save that city from an onslaught of one of the most powerful armies in the world at that time, the power of the kings of Assyria. So Hezekiah called the people together. In the face of their seemingly hopeless situation, he declared in verse 7, there are more with us than with Sennacherib. Well, how could he say that? Verse 8, with him is an arm of flesh, which means that they may have a great army. They may have all the great weapons. Their soldiers may be very well trained, but with us is the Lord. They only have men. And we have God. All they've got is a great army, but we've got God on our side. It became Judah's source of hope. Sennacherib had power, men, and prestige. He had an arm of flesh, but the inhabitants of Jerusalem had the Lord. Is there, is there some enemy, a problem pressing in on you today, making you feel that you cannot face the challenge that's before you? The account this morning is meant to remind you that God is with you. He does not lead his children around life's challenges. Rather, he leads you straight through hardship and straight, straight through trials. But he leads. In other words, he's out in front. So you're not going into this mess that you think you're going to face without God. Rather, he's out in front leading you. You need to follow him. Lesson number one, in the midst of your challenges, God is nearer to you than he's ever been before. In the midst of your challenge, whatever it is you're going through, you need to know that not only is God leading, but God is closer to you at that moment because he loves you. I mean, if your children were hurting, you'd want to hold them in your arm and keep them close to you and make sure that no harm could come. God's your father. He wants to protect you. He wants to hug you, spiritually speaking, and surround you with himself. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast thy, thy, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer. He shall never allow the righteous to be moved. In other words, no circumstance, no situation, Nothing that's happening in your life is going to be able to destroy you. God is with you. Can you say that? God is with me. God is with me. If you believe that, if you put that front and center as you go through difficult times, God's with me. Yes. And he's closer to, closer to me now than he's ever been before because I need him more now. How many people, when they go through trials, they walk away from God? Put a little problem in front of their face and they're gone. No, no, no. That's not the time to run away from God. That's the time to cling to God. Amen? That's the time. There was a song when I was a kid, just when, we, when I need him most, just when I need him most, Jesus is near to, ho to help and to cheer, just when I need him most. Lesson number one again. In the midst of your challenges, God is nearer to you than ever before. Lesson number two, tough, challenging times make the believer, with God's help, 
stronger. Yeah. See, again, if you try to run away from these things, you're not going to get stronger because you haven't gone through these things. Missionary Hudson Taylor wrote these words, At the timberline, where storms strike with the most fury, the sturdiest trees are found. The winds are so powerful, almost hurricane-like, and they take those trees and they want to shake them off their roots, but those trees hang on, and their roots get deeper. These times of testing, these times of difficulty will make you stronger. Hang on. Don't give up. God is with you. God's gone before you. He's tested the waters already, and he knows something. He knows you can get through these things. Psalm 34, 19. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from some of them. Did I read that right? It's one of those other translations, you know, you can't trust them. Psalm 34, 19. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from what? Them all. Pastor, I mean, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't. You haven't told me. You told God. God knows what you're going through. And you know what God says to you? He bends down and he whispers in your ear. You can get through all of these things. Fear not. Have courage. Hang on. I'll never let you go. Do you feel overwhelmed, discouraged, disappointed? Do things seem hopeless and you feel helpless? Lesson number three. Take heart, child of God, with the Lord on your side. You are never outnumbered. No matter how many things are thrown in your direction. People talk in business, people talk about throwing stuff on the wall. Something's got to stick. So many things can come at you. And you just feel like you're overwhelmed. And you have no chance to be an overcomer. But you do. And you can. C.S. Lewis. No. Someone wrote, one plus God is always a majority. (laughs) You like it? One plus God is always a majority. C.S. Lewis said, God, who foresaw your tribulation, has specially armed you to get through it. Now, C.S. Lewis is a very famous man, but he was a Christian before he was famous. And he knew to trust in the Lord. And he sends a message this morning that you're armed to handle whatever comes your way today. And lesson number four, trials are lessons. Trouble is a lesson. Difficulties are lessons. Problems are lessons. Romans 5, 3, and 4. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope. We know that all the stuff we're going through has a purpose. You've gone through some of the toughest stuff that you ever could imagine. You did not think that you were going to get through it. But you got through it. And if you prayed about it, you also found out why you went through it. And you also found the meaning behind it. And when you found the reason why, and you found the meaning behind it, it made you stronger. You learned something. Every experience life in life is a lesson that we can learn on our faith walk.
So you know what an acrostic is? It's when you take the letters, the first letters of a word, and you put it down on a list, and then you put other meanings to each letter. So we have an acrostic for you. It came from a book called Your Attitude, Key to Success by John Maxwell. And he asked the question, what are problems? And so he lists P-R-O-B-L-A-M-S. And I want to share that with you. Problems, P, are predictors. Predictors. They will mold your future. They help you. You know, without a, without a test, there is no testimony. You have to go through some stuff in life to be able to come out wiser. And if you didn't go through any of these things, if you weren't beat up occasionally, you never know what it feels like to feel good. You gotta get beat up a little bit from time to life, and believe me, it'll do it. R, reminders. We're not self-sufficient. We need God and others to help us. Problems do that. They remind us that we need the Lord. I've heard so many of you say time and time again as you've gone through tough time, I don't think I could have ever gone through this without the Lord. Amen? Amen. Did you say that to me? Amen, if you did. What happened? You got scared all of a sudden. PR and then O. O for opportunities. They pull us out of our rut and and cause us to think creatively. We're going through this tough time and we don't know where to turn and we pray to God and he gives us this wisdom and he opens up a door to us. And God's real good at opening doors, a place for us to go. And when God opens a door for you, go walk through it. Walk through it because at the other side, God's got something for you. So problems are opportunities. B, problems are blessings. They are, they, they are the ones that come to you after you've gone through the mess you've gone through. After you step out on the other side of the door, you begin to see why it turned out to be a blessing and not a curse. You were so sure that you were going to be completely demoralized in life. Didn't turn out that way. I think you're still smiling. Problems are L. L are lessons. Each new challenge will be our teacher. Can you think of that? that what you've gone through really was a teacher, showing you how bad things good can get but how good God is. E, their problems are everywhere. There's no place or person is excluded from them. Somebody's gone through what you've gone through before you. And they either got through it or they didn't get through it. If they were believers, chances are they did got blessed and they did find out what it was all about. And God did help them, and they did get through it together. M, problems are messages. They warn us about potential danger and disaster. S, problems are solvable. With God's help, no problem is without a solution. And this is what you found experientially. So, I pray this morning that you will never forget that God has gone before you, that you're never closer to God as when you've gone through some horrible situations. And there's this closing thought. There can be no rainbow without a cloud and storm. You've got to go through these times, and when you do, God is going to go with you.
That's my message to you this morning, and that's my promise from God to you this morning. Let's pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Pastor, I'm going through one of those situations this morning, and I need your prayers. And if you need prayer this morning for a situation you're going through that seems difficult and overwhelming, may I pray with you this morning? I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand this morning so I can pray. Put your hand up. Pastor, please pray for me this morning. Keep them up there for a moment, please. Yeah, this message was apparently for you this morning. And the Lord wants to use it to help you and encourage you this morning. You cannot be defeated. You cannot be downcast. You cannot be overthrown. God is going to be with you. He's going to be ahead of you. He's going to be beside you. He's going to be behind you. You can't get away from him. Try as you may. You talk about guys who've got a grip. You talk about that person's a real hugger. When you come up to the Lord, I mean, he's going to give you such a hug. Thank you, Father, for those who have raised their hand, and I pray that your presence would be felt deeply and intensely in them today. I pray today might be a day of victory. I pray, Father, that they would overcome what's overwhelmed them. I pray, Father, that today they may feel the presence of your Holy Spirit. I pray as the song that went up this morning, you will make a way where there seems to be no way. If there be any here this morning who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. You never asked Jesus to, to, uh, that you believe that he is God's son. You never told Jesus that you believe he came to, came to die for you and that he loves you so much that he was willing to die on a cross and be buried in the ground for three days and then he rose from the dead. If you believe in that Jesus and you want him to be your God and your Savior, if you want to follow Jesus from this day forward, just say, Lord, please forgive me of thy sin. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he came to die for me on the cross. I believe he was in the ground for three days. I believe he rose again. I believe in Jesus. And please, Lord, help me to follow him. In Jesus' name, amen.